This KMQ episode is brought to you by the Sexy Librarian's Erotica Blogcast. Listen in as Rose flirts around with Big Daddy and discusses erotica and sexuality with today's most provocative writers and community leaders. Subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Also available in the Google Play Music app for Android under podcasts. And now, your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Carraway. With 25 bold sex stories featured in my brand new anthology, For the Men and the Women Who Love Them, you can imagine the variation of story type. Today's episode features a tale written by longtime KMQ fan favorite, Alan Dusk. His story, Wayward Drift, is a sci-fi tale starring a rascally space pirate. Ooh, sexy, right? Sci-fi is a genre that I think could be integrated into pretty much every erotica anthology, because science fiction provides something that no other genre can. It's the ultimate escape, because it provides a limitless foundation based on the imagination, where ordinary rules don't apply. It literally shifts our world, our reality, where conceivably anything is possible. So let's boldly go together, shall we? The Sexy Librarian presents the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. You are entitled to your sexual self. This show is for adults only and is a hands-free listening experience. Well, at least one hand. But before our story begins, let me tell you about our latest audiobook, For the Men and the Women Who Love Them, 25 Bold Sex Stories, intended for the fellas and the women who have an appetite for bold, adventurous, erotic storytelling. Escape into the fantastic, the outlandish, and the literary. Get ready for a space pirate, a cowgirl, an anxious odd man out, an undercover agent, lonely ghosts, a taxi driver with an unexpected topsy-turvy fare, a burly biker who just wants to be cuddled, a bride-to-be with one last oat to sow, the devil offering a golden deal. Strangers and a Spontaneous Three-Way. You will find these and many more audacious characters playing out intense encounters. For the men and the women who love them, 25 Bold Sex Stories in iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. And now, Wayward Drift by my favorite gruesome darling, Alan Dusk. Daiku was the largest gas planet I'd yet encountered. From my perch in the cockpit, I could see alkali clouds storming beneath gleaming lithium rings belted around the equator. 
Betty skimmed the ionosphere, struggling against gravity wells to keep her nose pointed toward Nippon, the largest of Daiku's eight moons. Any Black Armada ships pissing in the kiddie pool? I asked through a prolonged yawn while stretching my arms above my head. There are no vessels bearing the Black Armada call sign, my ship replied with her breathy, synthesized voice. That's guaranteed not to last, but I'll take it. Hail the Cayudo station when we're three clicks out and send them the supply list. Yes, I will complete those tasks. Her voice was always devoid of emotion. The hull could have been ripping apart, and she would have told me with the same monotone announcement. May I complete any other tasks for you? Yeah, you can. How about a blowjob? I mean, like a dirty, sloppy blowjob with a lot of drooling and ball-sucking. Silence, other than rumbling engines. I apologize, but I am a navigational system, and I am incapable of the task. Blowjob. I figured. But you still look hot in that dress. I smiled at the faded poster of a pinup model, tacked beside the console. She may have only been a ship, but the loneliness of the drift was starting to make me believe those Betty Page eyes were winking back. Flirting with the ship couldn't distract me enough to ignore the knot in my gut. For once, it wasn't from convincing myself an expired ration was still perfectly edible. I should have heard from my contact several cycles ago, but so far, nothing, and they weren't the types who played waiting games. When, or if, the call finally came, I needed to be ready to pounce toward the Lagoon Nebula. Betty lined up our approach and then dipped below the shipyard consuming the horizon. Gas freighters hovered in their moorings, casting expansive silhouettes across the cratered surface beneath their bellies. It wasn't the ideal location to lay low, but we were out of options. I'd lingered into the reserves waiting around, and now we were landing on fumes. The moment I opened the hatch, the air outside tasted rusty. I should have ducked back inside and waited out the resupply in the sterility of filtered air. But the concierge droid was already on approach. Welcome to Cayudo Station, Mr. Zalem. I do hope you enjoy your stay with us, it said with full, cartoonish eyes that gave it a worried expression. We have prepared the supply order made by your assistant, Betty. Is there anything else that you require? Yeah, how about you point me in the direction of the closest bar? I kept my voice quiet and rude because I loved screwing with dumb droids. My pleasure. Bootsy's Club is a short walk south of the station, and they boast an excellent selection of liquors due to our premium location in the Sagittarian shipping lanes. Thanks, Buckethead. I marched away, ignoring the rest of the droids rambling. I didn't care about reward clubs and premium services. Chances were I'd never be back here again if I could help it. My goggles struggled to adjust to the brilliant green sky. Intermittent flares and streaks made it daunting to look sober while I was walking, but losing the eyewear would have left me blinded. Fortunately, the streets looked clean, so my chances of stumbling into some thug were close to zero. After realizing my vision was as good as it was going to get, I started looking for the bar. I quickly realized that I wasn't familiar with the dialect of Zweem in this system. A woman walked by with a babe swaddled against her chest, and she purposely avoided eye contact. Excuse me, I said, 
hoping the translator in my hand would say something resembling my question. Which way to Bootsy's club? Her pairs of eyes rolled before she huffed, then pointed past my shoulder. I glanced over my shoulder, hoping the sign with the fruit tree was where she was pointing. Quite honestly, I didn't have any clue what the hell Bootsy was on this planet, but I hoped it wasn't a gay bar. By the time I turned to offer thanks, she had bolted down the street. Screw it, I mumbled as I headed for the door beneath the sign. The sooner I was out of the light, the better. I suspected it must have been late afternoon, so I was expecting to find a mix of retired alcoholics and happy hour opportunists lined up at the bar. There wasn't a peep of music until I opened the door and stared down a dark hallway. Melodies pulsated from around the corner ahead of me, and colorful lights splashed across the floor. I pulled up my goggles, trying to predict what I was walking into, and detected a hint of stale beer in the air. That was enough to convince me to keep walking. As I rounded the corner, a half-alert Flintopian looked up from behind a podium. Behind it were layers of chainmail drapes, concealing any view of what awaited me. Cover is two credits, it bubbled through its gills. Its droopy features made it look half-awake, but they had a wrap for being quicker than grease popping off a griddle. Its fingers clicked against the blunderbuss, resting across its lap. My immediate thought was, who the hell charges a cover fee at this time of day? But I kept my lips zipped and paid without external protest. The drapes parted, and the Flintopian waved me in. Intergalactic dialects chattered from the length of bar straight ahead. Motion from the left caught my attention and confirmed the theory formulating in my balls. A nude insectoid gyrated her thorax against a glowing pole, with her mirrored eyes centered on me. Her mandibles clacked with what I hoped was a kiss, but seemed like more of a threat. A handful of faces were scattered about the room, their eyes locked on the center stage. Man, this moon was throwing me off, or maybe it was the extended stasis nap. Either way, I had stepped inside a strip club without realizing it. Usually, I avoided strip joints on principle because another culture's version of sexy didn't necessarily raise my flagpole. Nevertheless, at this point, I was already there. I had already paid my cover, and the promise of a few stiff drinks was more appealing than the bug spreading her egg sacs. I stepped up to the bar, my eyes more focused on the catalog of bottles rather than the approaching bartender. Hello, what can wet your whistle, friend? A harsh accent marked her broken English. Transparent membranes blinked over amphibian eyes. Neon lights shimmered over a slender, amber-skinned physique that made her bust line appear heftier than it probably was, and my cock was debating with my brain to determine whether I considered her hot or not. Got any frung bar brandy? My eyes drifted to her chest. In the dim light, I couldn't discern if she was actually topless and devoid of nipples, or if she had on a skin-tight top. Should a salamander even have breasts? Fuck if I knew. Matter of fact, we do. Her amphibian grin tugged my sentiments. I'll take a double. You've bet, honey sugar. She turned around and bent over, causing her glittered shorts to ride up. Two beautiful crescent moons of ass 
begged for a slapping. I watched her pour the drink, feeling as if I were a wolf stalking prey, with hungry eyes absorbing every detail in anticipation of the feast. Here you go. Pay as go or you start tab. How about I pay now and drink whatever I want for the rest of the night? I slid an alpha platinum coin across the counter. This should cover me indefinitely. She shot the coin back with sudden distress and whispered, You money no good here, pirate. Suit yourself. I snatched it back, noting our interaction aroused the attention of the muscle perched further down the bar. I'll pay as I go, I said, toasting my glass her way before downing it with two gulps. And I'll take another double. Perfect, babe. Another come up. She scanned my chip, then handed it back. My name Bazima, by way. Take seat and I bring drink you. I surveyed the crowded club for potential threats and emergency exits. Everybody in there seemed harmless other than the two Flintopians guarding the entrance and bar. An old man approached the rail and dropped a dollar, the insignia on his jacket indicating he captained a freighter. The instant his money hit the stage, the bug purred over and motorboated him. I couldn't help but cringe because bugs just weren't my thing. Give me something with a pussy between two legs and you have my direct attention. What was happening on stage was a horror show. The chair I selected had an excellent vantage of the club, the only exception being the entrance to the dressing room and VIP lounge along the wall behind me. But I wasn't going to complain. Its dark leather cushions swallowed me, which may have sucked if I had to move fast, but for the time being, it was better than a rigid pilot seat. I came there to drink, and judging by the dancers strutting about, I wasn't getting a dance from anything unless I could convince the bartender to show me if she laid eggs or gave live birth. I glanced toward the bar to see if Bazima had poured my second drink, when a pair of long, smooth legs attracted my scrutiny. Wavy, dark hair bounced with every click of her platform heels. Spicy perfume wafted behind her perfect figure, intoxicating me well before the brandy soaked into my bloodstream. Every jiggle of her ass edged the throbbing in my pants toward a full salute. The DJ droid peeked up from its booth and said something I couldn't understand. I doubted it was worth the embarrassment of holding out a translator. Overpowering harmonies hammered through the sound system, each note rattling the cheap plastic of the tipping terminal at my table. I was thrilled the dancer taking the stage appeared to be human. A visor wrapped over her eyes with a transparent vid screen overlay, allowing a mask of illuminated geometric shapes to conceal most of her identity. The shapes shifted to bright pink hues, and her fingernails pulsed with the same neon light. I caught myself leaning forward with anticipation. Pounding beats propelled her around the stage. When the bass dropped, a plasma hoop ignited around her waist and assumed a low orbit around her hips. She appeared to stand still, the casual sway of her hips the only feature defying her statuesque pose. The hoop's plasma plumes cycled through the shades of violet and pink as she began to walk about, the swing of her hips becoming her prominent motion. Bazima set my drink down. Here go, babe. Another double. Thanks. Hey, 
what's the name of the dancer up there? I can't understand what the DJ is saying. Oh, her name, Vesper. Excitement lifted her smooth brow. If you like, you can buy private dance. How about a dance from you? I swigged my drink. You fun, Barry, she giggled. Bar staff not allowed dance. I get you another? That's a shame. I'd compensate you really well. Cheers and whistles erupted from the crowd. When I looked back to the stage, the tail of Vesper's bikini top fell through the hoop. Pink nipples perked up from firm handfuls of perfection. My thumb and forefinger slowly rubbed together, imagining her firm nipple rolling between them. My pulse quickened in worship of her grace. The hoop spun up her body, then launched from her neck. For a moment, painting a neon halo about the half-dressed angel. Then she caught the circle with her wrist and allowed it to climb down her forearm. Her face remained emotionless, her eyes hidden by bouncing pixels while they probably stared past everybody in the room. A thin smile shifted her lipstick, as if she were finally enjoying herself. I poked the max tip button on the table terminal. The erection straining against my zipper longed to feel Vesper's body from the inside, a sensation not enjoyed lately due to complex business ventures that left little time for anything besides blowing my load into a sock. The floor groaned and rattled, startling my hand toward my hidden pistol, although nobody else seemed to get excited over it. The stage lighting shifted to shades of orange and gold. Vesper's visor and nails coordinated their hues to match. Her dark locks floated from her shoulders, and it wasn't until her feet left the ground that I realized there must be some sort of anti-gravity generator below the stage. The plasma hoop spun out along one arm while she used her free hand to unclasp the buckle on her skirt. A playful kick sent the garment tumbling away in slow motion, and then it fell to the ground after drifting past the stage. Only a black G-string concealed the final sliver of her nudity. Then she slipped out of it with a flirtatious smirk. She drifted still and weightless beneath the spotlights, their lens flares embracing every smooth curve of her silhouette. In the midst of a somersault, Vesper extinguished the plasma hoop as she continued gyrating to the tune. She floated onto her back, as if she were lying down, and dipped her hand between her parted thighs. Glowing fingernails stroked over glistening pussy lips before gradually slipping inside. Pleasure widened her smile. She playfully suckled the wetness from her fingers and then resumed masturbating in zero gravity. Her head lulled to the side, and although I couldn't see her eyes, I swear she was staring directly at me. Making a man think a stripper was actually into them was one of the oldest tricks in the book, with counterfeit affections quickly traded for actual currency, and then their attention disappears the moment a wallet runs dry. Screw it. I hit Max Tip again, before realizing this was the fifth time I'd done it. I sat back in my chair, opened my collar to cool down, and regained control of my eagerness. Multiple male species gathered around the stage, tossing their gratuities from claws and digits. Paper and coin currency floated about Vesper while she spread her pussy or fingered her ass in the direction of anybody who antied up. Eventually, the song ended, 
Gravity returned, and Vesper landed gracefully on her feet as money rained down around her. Thanks, everybody, she said, delivering a humble wave before bending to collect her scattered clothing and earnings. I observed every awkward stretch, distorting her grace, while imagining how she would look bent over my pilot's chair. Best of all, I heard her speak perfect English. Once again, the DJ droid said something I couldn't understand, after which the crowd offered half-hearted applause. They should have been ashamed of themselves, so I increased the veracity of my praise to make up for them. Vesper's head turned my way, and again it seemed she looked straight at me. Vesper walked off the stage, headed for the dressing room with her clothes and money clutched in a ball. I enjoyed every jiggle of her tits as she quickened her step. I expected her to keep walking and disappear from my life forever. Imagine the surprise on my face when she stopped at my table and lifted her visor. How about a lap dance, sailor? Her long eyelashes batted over curious eyes. One song only costs 30 credits, or you can get three songs for 70. Do you offer anything else back in that room for the right price? My eyes traveled down her smooth nudity. We're not that type of place, and if you ask me for an illegal favor again, then old Jaws Hook over there will gut-fuck you with all of his talons. Her chin slanted toward the muscle perched at the bar, but her eyes glimmered with other intent. I'll take the three-dance deal, I said, and maybe, if you really impress me, I'll take another three. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Follow me. She led me by the hand toward the VIP room. Her ass hypnotized me as it flexed and swayed with each step. When she finally stopped, we stood in a room with a plush chair in the center, and a crimson glow from above barely illuminated anything beyond darkness. The room must have been isolated by a dampening field because I could no longer hear the clubs bustling. Take a seat. Tap your chip on the reader, and then put your hands at your sides. Her smooth voice carried authority well. We have two rules here at Bootsy's. One, dancers work for tips only. And two, no touching the dancers. Deal? Deal. I exaggerated, locking my limbs against the armrests. You may proceed. I doubted she was going to have any sexual contact. There were probably cameras everywhere to guard her safety. Gladly. She lowered her visor, where a pair of pink hearts drifted over her eyes. A slow, melodic house track filled the air. She approached, slow and calculating, her posture loosening as she straddled my thigh. Her body shifted between poses, illuminated fingertips painting light over places I wished my mouth could linger. Watching her breasts sway mere inches from kissability was torturous. The warmth of her thigh pressed against my crotch, making us both aware of the hard-on imprisoned within my pants. She grinned at the discovery, taking the opportunity to sit in my lap and gyrate her ass over my zipper. Stretching backward along my body, she softly moaned in my ear, Remember the rules. No touching. But I'm exempt from the rules.
glowing fingernails stroked my bulge. You're such a tease, I said. You have no idea. She reached between her legs and then slowly stirred herself to a frenzy. Her other hand rubbed her breasts. Lust quivered her lips, and I couldn't discern if it was genuine or part of her act. Ah, fuck, I'm going to come just for you. She panted into my ear. Every orgasmic shudder transmitted through my body before she collapsed against my chest. That looked like a lot more than dancing. Somehow I fought the urge to grab her and fuck her. A girl needs to enjoy her job, doesn't she, Mr. Space Pirate? Her words tensed all of my reflexes for an ambush. What if I am? Are you going to sick old Jaws hook on me? No, I'm going to propose an offer because I saw you flash that alpha platinum at the bar. This already sounds like a trap, so why should I trust you? I know your balls are ready to burst by the way your cock is straining against me. She rolled over, pressing her breasts against my chest. I'm not allowed to fuck patrons, but if that coin fell into my possession, then I'd suck you off and swallow every drop. That's some expensive head. I could fuck a whole harem for that price. It's only a business proposal, which you don't have to accept. Vesper moaned, her thumbs circling her ripened clit. I'm perfectly happy to finish out the next two songs. I pressed the coin between her tits. All right, show me what that mouth can do. Certainly. She rose up in my lap, gliding the coin down her body. I guarantee you're going to love it. Or you can come get your money back. She slipped the coin into her pussy with a promising grin. Vesper was full of tricks and attitude, all of which primed my thruster in the right way. She slid down between my thighs, her black hair trailing over my lap. Her glowing fingers took hold of my zipper, which she slowly opened while licking her lips. She pulled my prick out from hiding, and immediately I was apprehensive that somebody might run in with their guns blazing. However, they never did, and her firm grip conveyed that perhaps I should just relax and enjoy the moment. She stroked my cock with increasing momentum, pausing to rub its head over her lotion-smoothed tits. Every rigid inch throbbed with anticipation when her head descended, and warm wetness enveloped my shaft. The tip of her tongue knew exactly where to linger as it swirled over my flesh. My load wanted to blow the instant my dick grazed the back of her throat, but I resisted the temptation, knowing that every second I held back promised a more intense and prolonged climax. Each bob of her head built sweet agony. Digital hearts streaked through the darkness, and behind the glowing visor, her eyes studied the degree of pleasure her tricks delivered. She changed up her game, painting long licks over engorged veins, then pausing to suck the web of foreskin between her teeth for a slow chew. One of her hands kneaded my balls, while the other choked up on the base of my dick. 
Are you ready to come for me? She asked, twisting her grip around my shaft as if it were a pepper grinder. I want to taste you so fucking bad. Keep sucking, I moaned. Please. The veracity of her sucking dimpled her cheeks, and I was beguiled by the sheen of her lips gliding over my skin. Spit leaked past glowing fingers, and when her slurping noises rose over the music, my delirium raced past its boiling point. She moaned through her throat. I gave no gentleman's forewarning. I was coming. Vesper was clearly awaiting the moment. I battled to keep my eyes open during my climax, just so I could watch her flinch when the first squirt popped her tonsils. After that, I closed my eyes and rode the waves of pleasure until her slick tongue milked the final drop from my balls. Even after I came, she slowly sucked a bit longer, delighting in the way it made me spasm. Well, that was really salty. She smiled, wiping drool down my pant leg. But then again, you are a salty old pirate. Post-cum endorphins softened my heart and smuggled the words over my tongue before I could stop them. Why don't you skip this joint and come with me? That's sweet, but what type of future would we have, flying around the stars and all? She slid over and started gathering her belongings. That's not for me. You'd probably fuck me a few times and then drop me off at the first stop. So our contract is concluded then? I zip my Johnson back inside my pants while glancing at her G-string slide up her perfect ass. If you want it to be, or you can buy some more dances. A loud beep from my communicator startled us both. It was an emergency beacon on Zeta-12, the old pirate frequency. I raised the speaker to my ear and listened intently. Zalem, it's Jera. Shit went bad. Abort rendezvous. Marson is an armada fuckstorm. I lost one batch of cookies, but the baker didn't let us down. I'm going with plan F. By the way, Roddy says hi. Jera never turned tail to run. She was always the first to pull the trigger while others were busy pulling their dicks. And there was a new emotion in her voice I'd never heard before. Fear. I needed to get to my ship, even though I knew plan F really meant fuck if I know. I take it you're not sticking around then? Vesper slipped her top back on. You're right about that one. I stood up, perplexed if I should hug her or shake her hand. So if you're not coming with me, then I need to tell you something. What's that? She smiled with piqued interest. That coin you slipped into your pussy was a fake. I enjoyed the cheap thrill of watching shock melt her expression. I'd never pay that much for a blowjob in my life. What? She raised her hand to slap me, but I grabbed her wrist. You're a real asshole, she hissed. I know. I'm a pirate. I slapped her ass before shoving her into the chair and breaking for the front door with my pistol at the ready. For the men and the women who love them, 
25 bold sex stories in iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. We hope you enjoyed the show. That was Wayward Drift, written by longtime KMQ fan favorite, Alan Dusk. You can find more stories by Alan at alandusk.com. Have a happier life. We encourage you lovely, lurid listeners to be playful, enjoy yourselves, and your sexuality. Give the gift of fantasy to your partner. You won't even have to wrap it. It's a sexy way to get that really special, rosy holiday glow that will keep on giving. Head over to audible.com, click on For the Men and the Women Who Love Them, 25 Bold Sex Stories. Think of it as mistletoe, only this is way, way hotter. Get it now. Sign up for Audible's 30-day trial and you can get one of my audiobooks for free. Your subscription will include one free audiobook every month, as well as give you discounted prices on all my audiobooks. You can cancel at any time. The Kiss Me Quick's Erotica Podcast is a Stupid Fish production. The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists. Michette and the KMQ Credit Music by Vivich. Stupid fish. Where cliches drip like a hard cock. <laughs> <laughs>